Good morning. This morning we will be in Ezekiel chapter 37, looking at verses 1 through 14. Talking about the Word of God and the Valley of Dry Bones. Today is a special treat for me. I think this is the first time I've ever preached this passage that I can recall. And it's one of my favorites. And I'm not just saying, I mean, every time I preach a sermon, I think, well, this is my favorite. But this is one of those passages that is enduring to me. It reminds me of what I'm supposed to be doing, of what the church is supposed to be doing, and how the Word of God works. I have placed all my confidence in the Word of the Lord. I have no confidence outside of it. It reminds me that the true power of God and the entire purpose that I'm supposed to do as a pastor, it is foundational, it is the center of my understanding as a pastor and as a minister of the gospel and even the ministry of our church. It reminds me of the purpose and power of God's words. And so what I hope today is, I have big hopes for this passage. I hope that it will be pressed on your heart and your mind as we look at it today about how people come to Jesus, what the word of God does, and why we should have hope in it. So I'm going to be again reading in Ezekiel chapter 37. I'll read 1 through 14. It's a very interesting passage the hand of the Lord was upon me and and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley it was full of bones and he led me around among them and behold there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold they were very dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live and I answered O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and I will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. And as I I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man. Say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from the grave, O my people. And I will bring you to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from the graves, O my people. Then I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. And you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you will send refreshment to our dry bones. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
The question that the Lord begins with as he speaks to Ezekiel. Remember, Ezekiel is writing in a time of captivity. He is writing in a time when Babylonian and Assyrian threats are devastating the land of Israel. The people are broken and scattered. And God calls Ezekiel to prophesy to them. They feel like their hope is gone and they're done. And in this vision, I invite you to imagine what Ezekiel is seeing. God is giving him a vision. He takes him to a valley. So there you are in a valley. And I picture a dry, dusty valley in the Middle East. Like one of those places where the rivers run through the rainy season and in the spring and summer or in the summer and fall. It's just a dry, dusty riverbed. And the earth is cracked from the lack of rain. And there littering the floor of the valley are scattered bones. Bones not even fit together in this passage. They're just scattered everywhere as if he's walked into some gigantic den of some predator animal that's just killed these people and their bones are everywhere. And there in the midst of it is Ezekiel with the Lord. Now then, think of our town. Think of our city. Think of all the places that you go. Perhaps you've seen it. Perhaps you know of the methamphetamine epidemic that is here on Sand Mountain. Perhaps you know we were called Meth Mountain and they did a documentary of it. Maybe you know about the heroin epidemic. That these drugs and this sort of thing is killing more young adults than almost anything else combined. Maybe you know that here in our valley, we have a valley of dry bones. And the question the Spirit of God asked to us today is the same that he asked to Ezekiel the prophet. Can these dry bones live? Do you believe that they can? What was the answer that Ezekiel gave to the Lord when he asked him? He, he, he answered a very good question with a good answer. He said, Lord, you know. In other words, I have no idea, but you know. Our valley here is very dry and dusty, and maybe you yourself feel like dusty bones. Maybe you need refreshment from the Lord. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. That was the psalmist in Psalm 42.1. That should be our song as well. And this morning, the Holy Spirit of God draws near and even asks me, and I hope you, can these bones live? When you look to the world, not just our valley, what do you see? Do you see people in captivity to darkness and sin? Do you see the dry bones? Do you feel the despair? Can they live? Can mine live? How will they live? So now we're going to talk about the word of God among dry bones. And I want you to notice this. It's very important. If we don't understand this, we won't understand what we're supposed to do. We, won't, we will despair and you will give up. He comes to Ezekiel and he takes him and he shows him these bones. He gives him a tour of the valley and the horror that's in it. And after he asks him, can these bones live? He says to him in verse 4, prophesy over these bones. Prophesy over the bones. He doesn't say, and this is crucial, son of man, I'm going to bring these bones to life that you may prophesy to them. Now you would think that that's the way it would go, right? Bring the bones to life and then I'll talk to them. That is not what the Lord says. The Lord says, prophesy to the bones. 
This is the call of Christian ministry. We try our best. We really do. Now, our best will be measured by the Lord in the last day to have uh, good classes. We, we're always trying to have figure out the rotation for uh, our community groups and get homes for it. And we have uh, classes even now that need to be divided. We're trying to figure out where to put everybody. And we talk about those things. And we think about those things and ministries and programs that we can reach out to. And these things can begin to clutter your mind and heart. And sometimes what you need to remember in the midst of all this, what I need to remember is this. Preach to the bones, son of man. Preach to the bones. Prophesy to the dry bones. Preach to them while they are dry and scattered. And there looks to be no hope. The power of the word of God in every heart and soul is to bring dead bones to life. And as he obeys the command of God, while he's preaching to dry bones, they begin to rattle. <laughs> I pray every one of you become a bone rattler. Preaching the word of God. That they might move and live. The Apostle Paul knew that we were nothing but bones. He wrote this. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You were dry bones. I was dry bones. You were dead in trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just like the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Not by works, lest anyone should boast. We were dead. How did you come to life? Maybe you have heard that the gospel is like a life buoy to a drowning man. And if they will reach out and grab that life buoy, God will pull them in and save them. That is a bad picture of the gospel. We are not drowning people. We are drowned people. And the gospel is that we were dead in the depths of the sea and Almighty God jumped in, dragged us out of the depths and breathed life in our bodies on the shore. You were not looking for help. The Master came. And rescued you. We were dead. We were bones. And the Lord brought us to life. Perhaps you have heard it said. That if you will take one step towards God. He will meet you there. In the aisle. You may have heard. If you will take one step in the aisle. The Lord will meet you there. No. You will never make one step into the aisle. Because you cannot step. Because you are dead. The Lord must come to you. And so now you may feel. What can I do then to be saved? What can I do to help you? Nothing except preach this word. It is the only hope for salvation. It is the power of the word of God. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. It wakens the dead. You will never take a step towards God because you're dead in trespass and sin. He must come all the way to revive us and bring us home. Maybe you've heard that there are those out there who are longing for God. They are not. 
There is no tribe of people who's longing for God. There is no tribe of people who's longing for the gospel. No. We, like Adam and Eve, are hiding in the forest, covering ourselves with fig leaves. He must come looking for us. We will never go looking for him. How does he find us? With his word. Maybe you remember the passage where Jesus said, what, what, what do you think of a shepherd that has a hundred sheep? One of them goes astray. What did Jesus say the shepherd did? Stood at the sheep gate and called till it came home? Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. <laughs> he does call, but he doesn't stay at the sheep gate. The Bible says that he left the 99 and found his sheep And he brings it home. This is the work of God. It is not our work. It's not your work. It is the work of the Lord. It is the word of God that does this power, this change. What happens when the Son of Man preaches? Bones rattle. Flesh comes on the bone. They start fitting together. People's lives come back together. They begin to see the truth. They understand that sin is the butcher that has slain them. They repent from it. The Word is still putting me together. I testify that the Word of God is still changing me. It is still making me alive in areas where I am dead. Is it changing you? Has it made you mad yet? Have you ever disagreed or quarreled with God? That's good. He will get you. (laughs) Has it made you happy? It crafts us together. Into the image of God. The word of God. Is the power of God to make men and women live. Just exactly like Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. That's why we must take it with the utmost seriousness. We do not bend it. We don't change it. We don't need to be embarrassed of it. We need to teach it and preach it exactly as it is. Because it is the only power of God. If we bend it to the fickle whims of our culture, we will doom them. This is the only truth and hope that there is, is in the Bible, in the Word of God. There is no other hope. When we talk about Calvinism... What we're talking about is the fact that sinners are dead in trespass and sin. And without the Holy Spirit of God breathing life into your heart, you will never seek or find Him. You cannot do it yourself. You are not a neutral party. We are in rebellion against God. And unless He breaks down our heart and our defenses through the gospel and the power of the Word of God, we will remain eternally and forever lost. His is the only power. This is why we are obsessed over the Word of God. Because if you try, you can try. If you try to do ministry in your own strength and in your own power and in your own cleverness, you might get a thousand people in this place. But unless you preach this Word to them and call people to repentance in accordance with the gospel and God's Word, they will never, ever be saved or changed. I am desperate for the gospel to change people. I am fine with planning, not just fine, I love it. Let's plan, let's have great programs, let's have everything so that people can hear the word as best we can deliver it. Because without it, there is no hope. And the the question that should ring in our hearts and ears when you meet people and you think there's no hope. This is what Israel said, isn't it? Do you despair? The bones came to life, but they didn't. 
They were standing there like zombies or something. And the Lord said, prophesy to the breath. Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. Have you ever felt that? You ever felt like we're losing? <laughs> well, you might be. You might be losing. But the Lord is not. He cannot lose. He does not expect us to win. We're not fighting for us to win. All we are doing is giving out the information of the gospel to people who are absolutely turned inside out by the lies of their own sin, the lies of the culture, and their desperate desire to fit in and have community. We see this everywhere you look. And our job is to speak into that nonsense, that cacophony of falsehood. There is such a thing as right and wrong. There is a God in heaven. He does demand your repentance from sin. The only hope for us is in the resurrected Christ who died for our sins. And when we preach that gospel and when we say it, people may get mad, they may make fun, they may do all sorts of things, they may pursue us to slay us. This happens. But the Spirit of God begins to rattle bones. Cultures change. People change. Folks are converted by the power of the gospel. They begin to repent of sin. Folks that you would think there is no hope, their hope is lost for that person, they change. Because of the power of God. So the answer, the question is, do you despair? And sometimes you do look around, I'm sure, and say there is no hope. They will never change. We cannot change them. Our faith rests in the word of God. And we must believe that it will do its work in their heart. Preach to dry bones. When you talk to somebody, you say, this is the most obstinate person I've ever seen in my life. This is not going to do any good. The Lord God should whisper in your ear, preach to the dry bones. Keep speaking life where there is only death. Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. So get the word of God inside your heart. Get it inside of your heart. Read it. Memorize it. Hear the word of the Lord, dry bones. You'll get dusty too if you get out of it. I'm telling you. Here's what Jesus our Lord said. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures say, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now you think about that. Jesus said, if you will believe in him, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. So again, I take you back to our town, a dry and dusty land, where there is no water and there's a bunch of dry bones. And the Lord Jesus says, go out there, preach to the dry bones, and through you, rivers of living water will flow through this community, through this town, through the world. As you go, make disciples, right? We go. 
We go all over the place. We will go more places if the Lord tarries and as partnerships come. And as we go there, what we're going to see is, man, they need the gospel in Ghana. Man, they need the gospel in Tanzania. We need the gospel in Uganda. And we're always thinking missions over there. I'm going to tell you, our changes needs to start not changing. We still need to go overseas. But listen to what I'm saying. By 2050, Christianity in the West will be the minority. By 2050, African Christians and South American Christians will vastly outnumber us if the trend continues. And the United States of America is quickly becoming the valley of dry bones. So we and our children are going to be missionaries right here because this place is becoming barren quickly. We are decadent. We are in love with our sin. We are like those that the prophets spoke to that said we are like, this is pretty graphic, but it's what the Lord said. That we are like donkeys in heat calling for our various lovers amongst the gods. Come and satisfy us. This is our culture. We're becoming a dry and barren place. That is not poor old Africa. It is our hope that they will come here when we are dry. Listen, we need to reorient our thoughts to a different kingdom than ours. And we need to realize, hey, this culture needs a dose of a river of living waters. And you are the hope. There is no other church. And I'm not talking about just our church. There is only one church. And there's nobody in any church anywhere that gets more of the Holy Spirit than you do individually. And every single one of us are called to go out there and water this place. And to preach to dry bones. You must do it. If we are not the example of Christ and the gospel and teaching the whole counsel of God's words and orienting our entire lives towards heaven, they will never see it. And we need you to do it. I want this to happen. Yes, the Lord is sovereign over salvation. And in His sovereignty, He has called the church to do the work. It will get done. But if we don't do it, it won't get done. But we will do it. <laughs> you can go home and listen to that on YouTube. And be like, What did he just say? We must do this work. We have a responsibility for this work. And if we do it, the Word of God will do its work. It never returns him void. It always does the thing he sends it out to do, like rain that falls from heaven. So get it in your heart. Remember that you are the river of living water and that there is a lot of sadness and sorrow in this world. It's as natural to this world as death because this world is full of death and it's upon everything in it. Go and be light in life to the world. All these people who are arguing all this nonsense on social media and everything is because they're lost and hurt and separated from God and their bones are dry and they've never tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And they're just in rebellion against God. But He can change them through His Word and that is the only way. So my prayer today is that while Jesus is out on the hunt for His lost sheep, that you and I will do our duty our glorious duty 
to preach that they might be saved. That out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. This is the secret to the success of the church. Preaching this word. Teaching this word. Living this word. And there is no other secret. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, help us. Help us to teach your word. To preach your word. To model your word. To everyone we see. May we be like the one who has fountains of living water. Rivers of it flowing from us. Watering this valley of our of our town, our community, our state, our world. Help us, Lord. To disciple people that will help us in turn disciple the nations. Lord, have mercy on us. For your sake, refresh our souls. Let us have some of that living water that we might never thirst again. You are good, Father. You're bringing our old bones together. And one day, with the rest of the whole house of Israel, you will raise us from our graves, and we will live with you forever. Father, help us to be faithful to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.